A Frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast Captain's Slug. Its ongoing mission to explore strange new episodes, to seek out new jokes and new references, to split infinitives that no one has split before. Captain Slog, star date 72, brackets, B, <laughs> close brackets. Uh, uh, yeah, Trex podcast, I'm Eddie, that's Mark. Mark, how's you been? I'm good. Uh, the reason that this is the second take uh, <laughs> is that um, there's a, I have a lot of screens open and I didn't realise that my audacity wasn't recording uh, because I've put you over it. Because oh, as, okay. we, as we've explained in the past, um, when I'm on a video call, I like to look at the little box that has me in it. Yeah. And not you. <laughs> For yeah, reasons that will remain a mystery to me. I just think I'm quite an interesting guy to look at when I'm moving around. I don't get to see that a whole lot, do you know what I mean? <laughs> when, I look in the, when I look in the mirror, it's kind of just a photograph of me not doing anything. But when I get to move around, I'm like, oh, look at that guy, he's... He's got some interesting eye movements. I've got no problem with people not wanting to look at me. My entire look is a series of tactical retreats. I grew a beard because it was fucking <laughs> ugly. And then my hair fucked off. That's that's So, yeah, feel free. <laughs> I don't think anybody should be forced to look at me. Oh. It's one of the main reasons why I'm so grateful to my girlfriend. Uh, that she, she bizarrely willingly does. Um, which might be related to the fact that she's had a brain tumour. But, uh... <laughs> but uh, we, we already did the um, how are you bit in the first recording, and, I, and I'm not... I, they call me one take, Mark. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're like Calculon. <laughs> so you can make up your own mind about how we are. This week, as a special treat for everyone, we're going to go straight into this episode of Star Trek about... <laughs> About the Enterprise yeah. abducting Jesus briefly. Ah, oh, yeah, it's a, a space Jesus. Yeah, he he gets he gets he gets amnesia, which he, weirdly he could cure, but he doesn't. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> then he gets a special morph suit. Yeah, as the original Jesus had. <laughs> it is it is so obviously just a man in a morph suit in a high vis morph suit at the end. He might as well have the mocap dots on him. Do you know that way that I was looking at it and I thought, I wonder if this looks better in standard definition and it almost <laughs> certainly doesn't. Uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, it's they, they, they stumble across uh, a, a, a planet. There's a, there's a crashed guy on it. Uh, yeah. They beam down and it's like, uh, the first thing that happens is that his body isn't doing the automatic stuff so they tink up his brain with Geordie's so that Geordie can do like his breathing and his heartbeat for something and then like an energy beam transfers through to Geordie which really and then Geordie throughout the episode is acting more confident and it really sets up this guy that like that guy's memories are somehow stored in in Geordie and Geordie's not got that um and then 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 the episode does does nothing nothing with that as a concept I mean (laughs) what's what's happened there is that you've fundamentally misunderstood the episode uh (laughs) Because that's not what because that's what we all thought happened. We all thought, oh, this is some right. So the episode starts off with Geordie and Worf in ten forward, and uh, 
Chris, Chrissy Henshaw, Christy Henshaw, the civilian on the Enterprise who Geordie uh, went on the creepy beach holodeck date with, who, um, you know, didn't put out even after all that effort that Geordie put out. <laughs> <laughs> in a post-brand world, we stop making jokes like that. Yeah. <laughs> He's a nice guy. He put enough... Nice, nice guy tokens into the woman. She should have given him the sex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now she's finally realised that oh, Jordy did actually put enough tokens in, so she starts <laughs> hitting on him, and Jordy can't take it. Uh, so Worf turns to him and says, "Jordy, you have to let us see the fire in your eyes." Uh, to which Jordy gives. I mean, he could be giving a camera take. We don't know. Uh, but <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so it's not. So it's not so much. So I yeah. So I thought when they find the body and the and the the, the CGI goes into Jordy's brain, I was like, yeah. oh well, that's that's that guy's brain in Jordy's head, and he's just going to be hiding it, a f- sort of a Freaky Friday situation. Yeah. But it's not. The guy just unlocked the confidence that Jordy already tamped down. Can we can we discuss the line, "Let her see the fire in your eyes," that Wolf said without a trace of irony to a man whose eyes have n- can never be seen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did he he should have drawn little eyes. He should put little googly eyes on the front of the visor and then he can put some fire in the background and that'll work. Googly eyes on in the front of the visor isn't the worst idea in the world. <laughs> it would make it would make him slightly less menacing. It's not the best idea in the world either. Let's be clear on that. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, maybe, yeah, actually, to be fair, the visor's just kind of a shit idea. There should have been some better way to communicate that he was blind, but not really blind, you know, like Matt Murdock. Uh, if you can, if you, the how? If you can tell how many fingers I'm holding up, you're not really blind. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I, I think, isn't that kind of like saying... Well, the, the wheelchair got you from point A to point B, so you can't possibly be paralysed from the neck down. That's because we saw you move. No, but if you were paralysed by the from the neck down, but you had enough, like if you had, if you were an incredibly powerful telekinetic and you were paralysed from the neck down, but because you were telekinetic, you could still tap dance. I'm not going to count that as paralysed. <laughs> right. I, I get, yeah, cause you'd have to concentrate on it quite a lot, wouldn't you? Right, but you'd probably be quite quiet. <laughs> so it'd be useless for me. I'd have to keep all my opinions to myself. Um, and then, but in which case, what would be the point? I'd just end it. <laughs> Maybe like Jake, that guy ended it because of his harrowing physical injury. And you'd be like, no, he ended it because he couldn't have a moan about why does the fucking Ethernet cable in the back <laughs> of the Xbox not work anymore? <laughs> don't understand it's plugged directly into the router why does it take fucking five minutes to boot up <laughs> is it the wiring in the house this is this is all stuff that laura's going to really enjoy listening back to this episode because <laughs> she has to hear this three times a day <laughs> i mean the ethernet cable now running from the router to my pc doesn't fucking work either have you got any other networking problems uh, yeah uh i don't understand why my why the fire stick in the office uh has a really good connection but the one in the living room doesn't Okay. Okay. If anybody can answer these questions for Mark, James, if you know anything about this sort of thing, yeah. please um, <laughs> give it a listen. Oh, and also, actually, I just want to do this because we shout out James quite a lot as our only listener. Um, but if you are another listener who isn't James, James has a podcast 
called Helmets, where him and a friend talk about American football. Yeah. Which will appeal to at least one person who I know listens to this. James? Uh, no. Uh, leader, give this a listen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's good. I, I should point out, I, I need to be clear there. I know someone whose surname is Leader. I don't, I'm not a member of a cult. <laughs> I, I wasn't shouting out a leader. Uh, that would be weird. What would be, what would a cult have to offer you to get you to join? Uh, um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I mean, a PS5 would do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty happy with my love life. Pretty happy yeah. with my sex life. Um, I, d- I don't. I don't love. I, I like manual labour. Um, <laughs> Mind altering substances would do it. Like yeah, you told drugs. me, oh, I can. I, I can like take you to a, on a trip to another planet. Yeah, I'd be like, well, that's not true. And then if you gave me drugs that made me think that you'd done that, I'd be like, well, yeah, okay. I know that was actually drugs, but I enjoy drugs. So obviously, the top selling point is that eventually I will die by suicide. That's really. <laughs> You've got me on the hook then. After that, it's just about the, the logistics of the minutia. I want the ability to check out before it all comes too painful. Uh, like, I yeah. think they call it pulling a Pratchett. Um, if a cult was like, uh, you can get the Tesco club card prices without needing a club card, I'm in. Right. And then that, and then drinking bleach. That's all I would need. I, I was so annoyed when um, Trump started going on that people should inject bleach to fight COVID because before he did that, there was actually a niche group uh, that believed in the health benefits of injecting bleach. And I had five minutes on that. Uh, and then suddenly it became hackneyed. Everybody was doing a bleach drinking that ruined it for me. That, I think that was really the worst thing about Trump's presidency. Uh, they ruined that one bit of material I had. <laughs> um, did you know that... Um... Fairy liquids, the washing up liquids available here in the UK for any of our multitude of international listeners. Yeah, not made with real fairies. No, they they done a they done a uh, they done an advertising campaign that said that fairy liquid is literally twice as good at cleaning as any other brand. Uh, and then one of the other brands challenged them on this advertising, so they done a test and they discovered that fairy liquid is actually better than double effective <laughs> at cleaning than any other brand. Uh, in an advertising campaign essentially sponsored by the people that challenged them. It's not that <laughs> funny, but that is a real thing that happened once. Uh, right, this episode. This uh, episode of Star Trek. Right, okay. They find a Jesus. They find a Jesus. Yeah, and he can your, do Jesus things. Your standard Jesus. Yeah, now, okay. He does the healings. Uh, he makes people feel good about themselves. Beverly wants to fuck him. Be- yeah, be- just like the original Jesus. <laughs> He he, Wesley thinks that uh, his mum's love for him is isolating uh, their relationship. Uh, imagine that what like happened with the disciples. Um, they yep. didn't have happy home lives. They went off wandering around. Yep. You know? The card sort of gives him a bit of a side eye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, the the Jesus who is called John Doe, which is offensive, I think, as a, as a Star Trek fan, he should have been called a space version of John Doe, which I imagine would be. Johan Deho. No, it would just be John Doe, but there's uh, there's an apostrophe in it. But not where do you think? I've written it down: J O apostrophe O N D apostrophe O E. <laughs> yep, there you go. Because apostrophes mean space. Yeah. Um, it's the only. Why is it okay? Why is apostrophe the only uh, the only punctuation that gets used in space names? 
You never see an asterisk in there, do you? Um, it's it's bizarre <laughs> because um, it, apostrophes get used in Earth names, uh, in mine, for example. <laughs> and uh, still, uh, I can tell when uh, a company is made by someone who is um, English uh, because they don't program the apostrophe into the language thing. Yep. So my name in emails is like, Dear Mr. Mark O uh, slash... I think it's slash semicolon asterisk Neil because that's like the that's like the ASCII. I think it's ASCII. I don't know. I know as much about programming as I do about Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> that's that's to program an apostrophe, but they don't do it, so the computer can't recognise it. So uh, it's caused problems in the past. It's it's an issue. But yeah, we're not yeah. here to talk about that. No, we're um, here to talk but... about Space Jesus. Right, so I wanted to look up Space Jesus because I regularly do when we have a featured guest star. I like to have a quick look through their IMDb and see what they're known for. Oh, right. um, this is an actor called Matty Fresno. Uh, no, sorry, called Mark Lamara. Right, sorry. I can see the confusion there, yeah. No, no, no. But I looked him up. He's in like 43 episodes of All My Children. Nothing special. But he is in a movie that has the best movie name I've ever seen. I'm going to read you the movie name and the tagline. Um, it's called... Matty Fresno and the Hollow Flux Universe, a tale of public relations, hallucination, assassination, and theoretical physics. Now, I want to watch that. <laughs> That's pretty good, uh, but it's not as good as the horror movie titled Don't Fuck in the Woods 2. <laughs> Have you seen the the horror movie that's coming out called The Blackening? No. Where it's a horror, it's a slasher movie where every character is black. <laughs> the tagline is the blackening. We can't all die first. <laughs> Excellent. That's yeah. No, that is a that is like ten out of ten. No notes. I uh, <laughs> wonder. So Laura and I have been on an exploration of tropes recently. Yeah. Uh, for various reasons pertaining to the wedding, and we've been thinking about romantic comedy tropes. And like, it, think of it. I, I, I think I'm willing to bet not money. Um, I'm willing to bet that the number one romantic comedy trope. If I asked you what it was, I think you'd give the same answer as me. What What do you reckon is? If I asked to ask you about a romantic comedy trope, just right. like a thing that happens in, in a lot of romantic comedies, what yeah. is it? Okay, uh, at some point the couple nearly uh, break up due to a, cl- a misunderstanding that could be resolved if they just spoke to each other and asked what was going on. Oh, see, I <laughs> thought it was the one where they're both carrying big piles of files and then they oh. walk into each other and then they, they have to rearrange their files and get their files back, which doesn't happen as often as you think it does. <laughs> you, see, you see, in my head, my version of that is always the um, two people get pulled together by their Dalmatians. Which has only happened once, but it's yeah. really buried in my mind. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Like I, I mean, I'd love to do this as a project, but like literally every project I've ever started, I'd get about a quarter of the way into it and then get bored. Uh, I, I wonder if anyone has actually done the metrics of how how often is the first person killed in a horror movie the black guy? <laughs> um, I don't know about that. I know there is a podcast called Final Girl where yeah. they just assess <laughs> the final girls of horror movies. <laughs> There's a really good book uh, called Men, Women and Chainsaws, uh, <laughs> which is about... Uh, it's, 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 it's written by a, 
Carolyn something. I can't remember. It's it's fantastic, uh, but it's about horror tropes uh, and uh, gender. Okay. Uh, and uh, the first chapter of the revised edition is basically her going on a rant about how she fucking hates that she invented the entire final girl trope. <laughs> because people were like, oh, well, this is truth. And she's like, no, it, it really isn't. Like, it's, uh, uh, yeah, she goes on a, it's, it's, I can't, I can't remember the details, so I'm going to leave that story just hanging. So if you want to go I, read the book, I don't know. I've just sold I, another copy. I know that she wasn't a comic book writer when she came up with this term, but Gail Simone, who's one of the, the greatest greats out there, um, yeah. she came up with the term women. Her original website was called Women in Fridges, yeah. which was a direct response to a Green Lantern storyline where her love interest is introduced for introduced has maybe two lines of dialogue and then the next time you see her, she's dead in a fridge just yeah. to motivate the hero it's so bad um yeah no fridging um, in this episode no none no. uh but for those who are collectors of um o'brien watch uh <laughs> miles o'brien this episode <laughs> does feature special wetsuit edition miles o'brien for <laughs> Which is the first time I think we've seen O'Brien out out of uniform, which we, is a, a, a weird thing I've apparently kept track of. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, we should uh, we should come up with a jingle as well for O'Brien Watch. Uh, we should come up with a jingle for that can't possibly be how the holodeck works. Because <laughs> I get the whole idea. Because the thing about the holodeck is that the holodeck is how does it do water? Because he's kayaking. Right. So, does it just fill up with water? What's the deal? And then what happens when you open the arch? We know water can come out because Picard got snowballed. Oh yeah. So, so there. So, I, I, God, yeah, it must just fill with water. And we, we, <laughs> and have we, a force field near the door. We so, know that there is a uh, because it was confirmed in a recent episode of Lower Decks. We we know that there that one of the ensign jobs on the the starship is to. Uh, get rid of the holodeck waste right okay and it cut it's in like a big tube thing like a big cartridge dealing i see i thought it would work like the replicators where you just put stuff back in and it just like takes them back and goes oh, i'll store these molecules for later in case i need to make anything else with these molecules uh, the problem is that joke isn't as funny so <laughs> <laughs> Can't okay do it. yeah right yeah <laughs> I, I wonder because I I, I I I kind of get the people who say that like lower decks isn't canon, even though we know it demonstrably is canon. Now it's in there, right? It's never gone. But there are some things in lower decks that it's like, oh yeah, that really fucks up. <laughs> I have an idea of how any of this works. Like, here's the thing: if you're going to say that, like, cetacean ops is a is a dumbass joke. But it's a joke that wasn't made in lower decks. It's in T. It was first made like in TNG. Yeah. It's in the TNG. It's it's there. So don't get your panties in a bunch. That Star Trek is stupid now. It's been stupid for years. Yeah. <laughs> um. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I like this episode. I really like this episode. I I actually think this is a like top tier Star Trek episode it had a scene that I absolutely adored which was it's 
um, it's Geordie and uh, Data trying to work out where this guy is from. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got some information that they've managed to get out of a like a, 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 a data bank that's biological in nature. Yeah. And it is a series of them trying to solve puzzles. They're trying to solve a puzzle, and everything they say is complete bollocks. Like, it's, it's they're using scientific explanations, but each scientific explanation sounds plausible enough that I appreciate that they were intelligent for working out that they could do that. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, like, you wouldn't... Like, I, I, I love uh, Strange New Worlds, but you wouldn't get this scene in a Strange New Worlds. It's not exciting enough for the TikTok generation. Because it literally is, like... I, I mean, I'd say a good 90 seconds of going to Data's face. Data says something that is j- just psycho science babble. And then cut to Geordie going, yeah, yeah, maybe that'll work. And then what about this? Da, 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 da. And they slowly work their way through the problem. Which, as you know, we've always said, is the appeal of Star Trek. It's smart people using their brains to solve problems. Yeah. And it's like, oh, so hold on a minute. We know from this data that these are course corrections, which we can match as course, which those course corrections match up to certain stars. Yeah. And we know the gravitational. And then they find out, fortunately, that his home planet is like on, on their way. It's where they're going. So that's, that's handy. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> But I really like this. So I think was it Ronald D. Moore who said, "So the so the plot of this episode is basically they pick up a space Jesus, but the space Jesus can't remember anything. But the space Jesus has the power to heal himself fairly rapidly. Uh, yeah, and also to to he to heals O'Brien. He touches him and heals his dislocated shoulder, which means that I think that's lay on hands. Means he's at least a level one paladin." Uh, so. <laughs> Do you think O'Brien's uh, a Catholic? <laughs> no. No, probably not. <laughs> I think O'Brien's probably a Protestant. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. I'm no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think in the future they don't have religion. Uh, if it, I Wouldn't it be mental to find out that like O'Brien's like Hindu? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. Ah, O'Brien, the famous Shinto name. <laughs> um, so this episode was written by, and I'm going to butcher this, uh, Rene Echevarria. And I'll go with they, because I don't, I don't know. Well, it's a, it's a lad, so he presumably, I don't know. We'll find out. Um, so he said that uh, he also wrote The Offspring. Oh right, okay. Yeah, which is a great band, um, and uh, <laughs> he said that. That's another very space Jesusy episode, isn't it? Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, he loves loves a space Jesus. This old Rennie, but he said that we've seen uh, we've seen beings who were physical who became energy based, and obviously we've seen beings that are physical, but we've never seen the transformation between the two. Yeah, so that's what this one is for. Which is uh, that's like a super interesting concept. Like I, I, I really can't think of anywhere else. That happens, they, like to the to the point where the only thing I can really um, equate this to is almost like the X Men, where it's the uh, jumping off point of a new branch of evolution that the people sort of left behind in the old branch of evolution don't agree with, like they're scared of it. Um, I, I am, I am, I'm so happy that you mentioned X Men. Because Excellent. I got a similar vibe. 
from this episode and it reminded me of something that I haven't thought about in ages and I, I had to look it up. Are you aware of the 1996 comic book Star Trek Slash X? Yeah. Where uh, Spock beats up Wolverine. Oh, yes? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, Wolverine's very strong. Like, yeah. but he's not got super strength. He's just basically got the advice. The idea, as far as I can work out with Wolverine, is you know when you exercise, you work out, and you're causing micro tears in your muscles, and it's them healing that yeah. makes them strong. Well, obviously that means that when Wolverine went to the gym the first time, he just did a thousand reps and ended up huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So Wolverine's just is quite strong, but Vulcans are four times as strong as as as, human, as humans and the Vulcan nerve pinch doesn't rely on your ability to like you can't heal from it yeah <laughs> it just knocks you out so yeah he just knocked out Wolverine quite quickly um yeah and there's also um Planet X which is um the X-Men um meet um TN the TNG crew uh so it, yeah look those up those exist if you want to see Riker um, one of the most interesting things about that, of course, is the meeting between Picard and Xavier. Yeah. Um, where Patrick Stewart is obviously playing both roles. <laughs> <laughs> Do they mention that they look similar? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Uh, well, to be, to be fair, from Xavier's point of view, they don't look that similar because he's not used to like looking at himself from like below. Uh, he doesn't look up and go the bottom of that man's chin looks quite similar to mine Uh... very pointy got a pointy (laughs) chin old old Patrick old jaggy chin Um, yeah uh, but anyway yeah I I like the concept because what happens is they they go back to his home world and just as they're getting there his memory jumps back in and he's like oh we can't go here they're going to try and kill us and it turns out that their species he's from has been on the cusp of evolving to uh, the the energy being stage, uh, and they have this, um, and it's instead of embracing that, they've gone. No, that seems like it might be dangerous. Let's kill everyone who reaches yeah. that level. Which is what Brexit Two is going to be about. <laughs> what with Middle England voting to remove itself from the concept of evolution. <laughs> And there's, there's not going to be an E in it. The X will just be capitalised so that people will be like, oh, I think it's an X-Men reference. Anyway, back in your bunker. Okay, I've got a genuine question about this, right? Okay, the Federation, um, uh, it, we assume in the Federation that Earth has a central, a, a gov- one government that governs the Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have, yeah, right. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Right. Uni- United Earth, yeah. Yeah. Does that include Switzerland? Or are they remaining bafflingly neutral still at that point? Um, <laughs> we need criminals to have somewhere to store all their money. And it's like, well, we've got rid of the concept of money. Well, now it's even more important. Yeah, do, yeah, do, you, do you think? Yeah, because let's face it, man. Like, that Nazi gold still flies because it's gold more than it's Nazi. Uh, but as soon as, as soon as money isn't worth anything, Switzerland is really fucked. <laughs> I can imagine the Ferengis and the Swiss getting on quite well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, it, it is Nazi gold, and they'd be like, I don't care. No, nobody in the rest of the... How? Actually, that's a good point. How quickly 
when human beings get introduced to the rest of space how quickly are we going to be are, are we going to be able to explain that the swastika is is no no <laughs> yeah we don't use that anymore yeah. yeah you see you see this on anyone ever kill them kill them on sight yeah uh, <laughs> and then the problem is those aliens go back to say 1901 uh when the swastika was the official symbol of the girl scouts of america <laughs> And their uh, and their 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 uh, their troop magazine was literally called the Sfostica. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Massacre, mate. Oh Jesus! They just beamed down some bully XL dogs. Let them rip. <laughs> Quite literally. There's just a bunch of fucking dead Girl Scouts and swastikas everywhere. Is it my birthday? <laughs> so, do, are we? Are we? Uh, I've never heard this before. Are we suggesting that maybe Hitler was just a big fan of the Girl Scouts? Uh, I'm not saying anything. Uh, I'm not. I'm not making any accusations until Channel Four and Dispatches make a documentary. But because um, uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, I don't want to get sued. On, on that we need note, a Daniel yeah. Sloss of this situation. We need someone <laughs> braver than we are. <laughs> to step forward and say, you know what, Hitler loved them Girl Scouts. Uh, Daniel Sloss is doing the. Uh, I'm going to Critical Role uh, doing a live game in the UK yeah. at the end of October. And previously, all of this was fronted by a guy called. Like whenever they did that, like their MC for the evening was always Brian Foster, because he was um, going out with um, Ashley Johnson. Um, but he's ah. now. But he has since been arrested for what turned out to be quite horrific domestic violence situation with oh, Ashley bummer. Johnson. Bummer for Ashley Johnson, not bummer that he get arrested. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Straight fuck that guy. So now they've relied they they've got they've got Dan also, Foss doing sorry, it. Because... Sorry that my response to finding out that some that someone was horribly domestically abused was bummer. <laughs> <laughs> no it is a bummer. But yeah, so they're now. Uh, but it turns, but Matt and Marisha from Critical Role are good friends with Daniel Sloss, and Daniel Sloss is going to do it. And it's like I've got a sneaking suspicion he's going to get a standing ovation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Dan Sloss might be the most stand-up guy. I, don't, I just want to say, sorry. Okay, right, because I've seen this a lot on X, Twitter, um, but. Um, Nobody cares that you don't, you 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 never thought Russell Brown was funny. That adds, that's the equivalent of if a cab driver got arrested for a series of horrific rapes, and you went, oh, I got in his cab once. He nearly went the wrong way at Blackwall Tunnel. Shit, cabby. That, that it adds nothing to the debate. It's not about whether or not Russell was good at his job. It's about whether or not he's a sex criminal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I did like him back in the day. Yes, I don't know. I'm man enough to admit that. Yeah, <laughs> thought he was. I thought he was an interesting breath of uh, fresh air. Yeah, at the time. Yeah, and uh, when I was fucking seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he went all conspiracy theory and weird to surround himself with fans who didn't believe the mainstream media. What what reason could he possibly had for doing that? Yeah, ex- uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that when he got um. So he he was a judge on season one of Roast Battles, um, and uh, Catherine Ryan, 
uh, called him out. And uh, he was not happy about it. And Jimmy called him out as well. He went to the producers furious, saying that he refused to be roasted. So after that episode, the contestants weren't allowed to roast him, which completely defeats the purpose of being a fucking roast judge. Uh, yeah. they, they couldn't fire him, however. I th- so what they did was they basically made his contract for season two so unrealistic uh, that he was forced to, to quit. <laughs> Which I think is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin Ryan's another hero. Yeah. Uh, and also, if if he, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, if he was willing to call him a sex offender to his face, fair play to Jimmy Carr. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Carr's another one. I am, um, and oh, don't, don't, don't take that out of context. But Jimmy Carr's another one where I, I mean, I might eat humble pie in this in a like in a few years, but I, I think there's nothing in Jimmy Carr's closet. I, I don't think you could be that controversial and have skeletons in your closet. No, he's, a, he's like I a Frankie Boyle. I, I like if. Frankie Boyle's pissed off enough people. Like that's the thing with Jimmy Carr. He said enough stuff and pissed off enough people that somebody would have dug into him. Yeah, and yeah, J- um, there's a there's a really good quote about uh, Frankie Boyle that uh, it was Richard. Someone asked Richard Osmond about Frankie Boyle and like why are they such good friends? Uh, and uh, Richard Osmond replied, "Frankie Boyle legitimately is one of the most thoughtful, generous, wonderful, caring, beautiful human beings on the face of the planet." Until you put a mic in his hand, at which point he becomes a complete sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, and I like, I, yeah, I like to think I, I see a little bit of myself in that. <laughs> uh, he, so they're they're clearly showing the um, series of Taskmaster with Frankie on it in America yeah. now. And there's a there's one American that I follow called Matt Colville, who's a D and D guy, and he's tweeting out what live tweeting as he's watching taskmaster and he goes and he's just tweeted out these sentences with greg going so frankie why is a child's drawing better than a bed and he goes i don't fucking care no it's it, no it was the who gives a fuck yeah who gives a fuck and Mac Elwood was like i think i might like lo- i think i might love frankie boy <laughs> oh. yeah yeah uh is there any, any um jordy gets a date with Chrissy Henshaw yeah seemingly completely unproblematically full full promotion to Jordy um the the episode as well something weird about this episode I need to point out is it's mentioned in the episode that Jordy's change of like character has been ongoing for the last month so this episode takes place over a month yeah. which is quite a long time for a Star Trek episode um and I, I quite like that they were like because they're on a, like a mapping mission, and it's quite nice to go. No, the no, nothing happened. <laughs> we found a guy, and then for a month, Geordie was more successful with women, but we didn't think that warranted a full investigation. Yeah, because that's that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, I've, I think I've mentioned it before on this podcast, but there's an episode of um, the in, the podcast, the Infinite Monkey Cage, mm-hmm. uh, with. Uh, uh, Professor Brian Cox and Patrick Stewart is on it and uh, Brian says to him uh, how come the Enterprise never goes to planets that just have nothing on them like why does every planet have a civilization and Patrick Stewart replies we just don't show those episodes um, <laughs> Yeah, and I, and I think that's quite cool Like I, I like the idea that yeah there's the, the, there kind of would be a lot of nothing I mean I guess everyone's at work right like if you're in science if you're working science on a starship you are presumably still doing 
experiments and 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 figuring things out like and And publishing papers and stuff publishing papers yeah yeah you would be doing all that stuff like it is kind of because i i think that we think of the federation timeline as being like a utopia where it's like well you can have a job if you fancy it but really at the end of the day you can you can kind of just do sort of whatever you want most of the time as, as as long as it's in line with like what society yeah kind of expects or needs or requires from you um, and I guess being on the even the flagship is kind of like that most of the time as well. Yeah, because it's not because it, a kind of a lazier episode would have been like not maybe not even a lazier episode, but but just like we would see the passage of time by them going on like different missions and coming back and O'Brien dislocating his other shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I what I really like about this is because it does really sum up the fact that people like to think that Star Trek there's a lot going on all the time but you think about it we only get sort of 20 20 20-ish 24 episodes I think is a season at this point so it's 24 adventures happen in a standard year which is 52 fucking weeks and those those adventures all take about 45 minutes of their time from that week so there's like plenty of time when this stuff isn't going on when you assume it's quite dry and boring Starfleet things. Um, in a weird way, I kind of want someone to do an episode now with Star Trek, where literally nothing nothing happens. Yeah, uh, like you know, it's just like Geordie's day. Well, not Geordie. Uh, they're not making Star Trek with Geordie. Um, and I'd say one of Strange New Worlds, but this is the truth. We're going to be waiting a really fucking long time for the next series of Strange New Worlds because of the right strike. So, which um, fine, yeah, fine, I get yep. it. But you know, cliffhanger, bastards. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, Worf dies in this episode. Oh yeah, what? Oh yeah, uh, it, uh, yeah. Worf's stunt double, uh, Smiley Joe. Um, I presume. I don't know if it is Smiley Joe for sure. Uh, yeah, he gets full on thrown off a balcony and and dies. Full, yeah. full, full scale dies. Yeah, yeah. There's like Bev is there and is like, oh, he has no vital signs. He is dead. Yeah. Um, and then um, Jesus turns up and goes, oh, I can fix that. Which at that up until that point, he's just done healing, which might have been like a thing his species can do. And this is kind of our first giveaway that he's gone full Jesus. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I also want to refer to something because this is at the point that he's trying to escape because he's realised he can't go back to his home planet and they're looking for him and Wolf is on the platform typing something at the computer and in the background there is a warning sign on the wall and I absolutely loved it it's brilliant it says caution variable gravity area <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's great. I was thinking. I was like, if I if I get a pub, I'm putting that up. I'm going to put something forward, right? Mm-hmm. This is the cargo bay area. Yeah, right. This is the cargo bay and also the um, shuttle bay. Yeah. Why is would you ever have the gravity at normal if it's the place where you've got to move stuff around? Why would you not like, have it at like twenty percent so everything's easier to move? Um, well, isn't that what the little pallet pushes are for? Isn't yeah, but, they grab, yeah. but you could just turn pallets? the gravity down for the room. <laughs> yeah, fair right. enough, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they do it... do that, and we just don't see those episodes. 
Well, I know they don't because there's a later episode where a barrel falls on Worf and he gets severely injured. That's the plot of the episode. Worf really should stop going to the cargo area. <laughs> Worf, the problem with... Worf has an issue, which is that um, Worf is in, absolutely an incredible warrior yeah. and incredibly strong. But as a result of him being incredibly strong, the best way to show how strong and powerful a bad guy is is to have them beat Worf which then has the problem that it makes Worf look shit there's yeah. an episode later I think where he gets his ass kicked by a possessed Deanna uh, <laughs> and he's like like unfortunately when they put him into um, like um, when he turns up in Deep Space Nine yeah. they've already done enough establishment that everything else in the universe is kind of dangerous so yeah. Worf just gets to be a badass <laughs> yeah and yeah. it's kind of it's kind of we have kind of the opposite problem with Riker because I truly believe that Riker is the hardest guy on the Enterprise that isn't O'Brien. <laughs> and and whenever someone beats Riker up, I'm like, oh, this is an actual problem. Yeah, yeah. But then you don't. But then people don't consider Riker to be the hard guy. No. Weird. Yeah. No, but but if Riker starts throwing punches, then I'm like, yeah, no, double handed. <laughs> the double-handed act. Yeah, as soon, as soon as Riker clasps his hands together, you know shit's about to go down. He certainly ain't praying to space Jesus. Have Lower Decks ever had a bit where they're being taught how to fight? Because <laughs> uh, it seems like that move, which no one would ever use in a real fight. No, but they, they, they do reference that move fairly often. <laughs> um, I quite like the aliens in this when they meet them. Um, because they like scan them, and Worf's like, "Well, they're they're pretty comparable to us. They've got like weapons. This might be a fight." And they're like, "Oh, we're the Federation. We come in peace." And the aliens are like, "Jog on, yeah. <laughs> Don't give a fuck, Starfleet. Piss off. Give us something back. We need to kill him." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they're and they and they're enough of an interesting design that it isn't just a, th- a, no- a nose thing. No, they've got no. other stuff going on. They've got other face business. Yeah. But yeah. not enough that it's unbelievable that Bev wants to fuck him. Yeah, like exactly. It's, it's yeah. A, that's, a, that's a fine line in alien design. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, so O'Brien's known... I just want to bring O'Brien to O'Brien. Yeah. Because, because of it. O'Brien's Good. known hobbies at this point mm-hmm. are cello, mm-hmm. bar fights, <laughs> and wetsuit. <laughs> Apparently, kayaking is a thing that he brings up fairly often. I know. Well, that's the thing because I was like, "This is." I, I, there was a point at me where I was like, "This is silly." Like, this isn't part of the established O'Brien character. And then I remembered that I, I would say a solid seventy percent of O'Brien in Deep Space Nine is O'Brien and Bashir farting around on the hollow deck. Yeah, <laughs> it's like their favorite thing. Because <laughs> I've never been kayaking uh, because I. I, I we, you know, the the Earth has enough land on it. We don't have to have anything to do with the water. That is where the sharks live. Um, but uh, I forgot what my point was. I'm not even stoned. You've not been. You've not been kayaking. Um, I've, oh, I've never been kayaking. <laughs> but I, I imagine it's quite a calming activity. Like uh, yeah. for the most part. So, do you think that O'Brien was just recommended to do that by Troy uh, after his eight bar fight that day? I think that Troy's recommended that he goes kayaking. Uh, she, and like, as, as basically in her head, she's like, 
oh, I reckon like, he's going to go out on like the holodeck version of Lake Windermere. Yeah. Or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough lakes to say another lake. So Windermere is the one I'm going with, right? Um, and instead, he's loaded up like the Olympic level rapids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where he's just scre- just so it, mainly so he can scream at the German judge for docking him a point on one of the gates. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't really know. I, I've actually been uh, kayaking. I used to do it a load as a kid. Um, but I don't know enough about it at Olympic level to know what the scoring system is for the Olympics. Do you get points docked? Do you, if anybody who's listening to this knows more about kayaking, just keep that to yourself. Uh... Hold, on, hold on a minute. Laura? 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 She's outside. She's outside the door. I can hear her. Laura? She had a chance. So the the river that runs through Dublin, uh, the River Liffey, right? I think that's I, I, that's how it's the, spelled. But the Guinness River, that's the, the Dublin River, right? I, yeah. So I assume that the O'Brien's holiday, like if you go in and you say, right, load up O'Brien Program Six, is he gets in uh, his kayak fairly down the River Liffey, and then he gets to the end of it, and the end of it is in Dublin at Temple Bar, uh, and he gets to get out. Uh, order a Guinness. The bartender puts a shamrock on the toe, a clover, not even a proper shamrock, a four-leaf clover at the end of a Guinness, uh, and then he gets to immediately turn it in glass an American tourist. I, I reckon that's his favourite programme. The, the the weirdest thing about it is, for, for no for no reason whatsoever, he set it in the troubles. Uh, he didn't need to do that. <laughs> Which had very little to do with Dublin. Uh, so... Uh, don't don't take this as any kind of like a clue, right? But legitimately, uh, if there was a Star Trek actor that we were able to get on this podcast, we we are not a million degrees away from Colin Meany. No, no, uh, we're not. I I I I know someone who knows him. Someone who knows yeah. someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Um, we could get him on, and I'm like genuinely frightened to ask him in case he's like, "I'll go through your back episodes to see what this is about," and we just completely stereotypically use him as just an Irish drunk, violent drunk, a violent alcoholic. Which, to be fair, he never disputes in the show. <laughs> There's a series of podcasts I listen to um, from the lads at Cultaholic, and they're wrestling podcasts where they're going through old wrestling shows and watching them. So it's like a classic Raw review, a classic SmackDown review. And a classic um, uh, Nitro review. And yeah. the, one of the lads from the classic Raw review recently came to London because there was a big wrestling event and there was a lot of people around to interview. But their running joke on their podcast is uh, the British Bulldog, uh, Davy Boy, Davy Boy Smith, uh, running a series of incredibly poor business ventures. That's their running <laughs> gag that he runs. He runs various sites where you can buy food for it's 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 a running joke that's how stupid bulldog is but yeah. one of the people they lined up to interview when they were coming to london was davy boy smith jr <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, the, and the guy from the podcast was like there's there's a, another guy from the, the youtube channel who's doing the interview and um uh, they they came back and he was like oh, so did you say hello to davy boy he goes no the minute he came in the room i went and hid just yeah. on the off chance that he knew anything <laughs> about this which he clearly doesn't but yeah <laughs> I, I feel the same way. If we, if if I ever met Cole Meany, I 
Like, even if I became friends with Carl Meany, I couldn't tell him about this podcast. No, no way. No, not a chance. And, and to be fair as well, I, I, I want to be clear. I, 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 I think Carl Meany is, with the exception of Patrick Stewart, I think Carl Meany is the best actor in Star Trek. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I like, yeah. Like, he's, he's the, he's like the only actor who's been in Star Trek who I could conceivably see getting an Oscar. Yeah. Like, um, all it takes is for Brendan Gleeson to turn down a role. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And Cole Meany to do it. And Cole, like, if you've ever watched Lair Cake, Cole Meany's fucking amazing in it. Um, he's, he's a genuinely fantastic actor. That's why he managed to work his way up from Transport Chief to and Chief O'Brien of Deep Space Nine. He's yeah. like, you know, Chief Engineer because he was a great actor and fun to be around. And, you know, basically what I'm saying is we're sorry, Colm. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry Mr. 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 Meany. Uh, if you're listening to this, we're, we're sorry. But yeah. also, O'Brien definitely gets into fights in Ted Board all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there was a running joke. There was a, a podcast back when Harry Potter was acceptable. Uh, there was a podcast called uh, the I think it was called the Ringer, and basically they, they would go through the chapters of the books like chapter by chapter. Um, and their running joke was that everything that Professor McGonagall does can be explained by her having a crippling gambling addiction. <laughs> <laughs> and it really makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I, I don't really have any thoughts on this. To be honest, like I, I thought I would have more. I, I mean, I mean, the, the gambit I was going to go with was. Um, oh, oh! I see you listen to the fucking smoke alarm, but you won't listen when I shout on you. <laughs> Christ on a bike. Uh, oh, there you go, twice. Right. Um, sleeve all that, son. Can you hear him? I can. I can hear the beeping, and I can hear some squawking, which I assume is Laura. Can't hear Laura going. Oh God. <laughs> um, How you getting on, love? She's trying. Do you want me? Do you want me to help? What 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 I've got in my notes actually is here is something that I just thought. I, I, I bet I'm going. I can't. I don't like the sound of my loved one struggling. Uh, so <laughs> like, oh. Well, she's managed to get it sound quieter. Hold on, I've got a big stick here. <laughs> I, I should point out. I'm assuming the big stick that Mark's got is going to be used to deactivate the fire alarm, not beat Laura into silence. Um, so let me get the let me get the button pushing stick. <laughs> uh, so this is this is podcast gold. Um, we have a Patreon, of course. Go check that out. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Captain Slog. Um, we're on YouTube. Um, uh, there's a link. It's, it's YouTube.com slash. I think it's Captain Slog there. Um, you can see all of these in video form. Uh, we usually upload them the Wednesday after they go live on the podcast feed. Um, we've got a shop. Um, there's a link to that somewhere. Um, it's probably in the bio um, of the uh, the Twitter feed or on the um, the YouTube. Oh. I'll, 
I'll admit, Mark's nearly returned. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, there we go. Yeah, I did take a moment to uh, uh, make it clear that I assumed you were using the stick to deactivate the fire alarm and not beat Laura into silence. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, oh, right. Okay, I have got one thing in my notes, right? They've got this bloke on board and he's got no memory. And then the um, and everybody grows to like him. And then the um, the Zarconians show up. Wouldn't it have been funny if he was a nonce? Uh, <laughs> they go, yeah, that man's under arrest. <laughs> like, well, why? Well, we need to know what he turned, what, what to turn him over. And he's a horrific sex criminal. <laughs> Do you, I mean, it it would be like if we found out that um, the very like if if we discovered that the the evolutionary leap in human DNA or RNA. Uh, that allowed us to eat, uh, like fly, or, or like, or even better, no, it completely cured, like the the, the human ability to, to not be able to fight cancer uh, was in Jimmy Savile, <laughs> was in his remains. Like, how would we deal with that? Well, well, fortunately, I think we could dig up his corpse and bother it without feeling too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yep, agreed. <laughs> um. Oh, they, they, the, bad, the bad guys have a, have a force choke weapon. Yeah, that was cool, wasn't it? Yeah, they don't, didn't like fire lasers. Like everybody starts going, eh, I mean, and then like Jesus heals like three people, and then he touches the ship, and that heals everyone. Apparently, yeah. So he heals the ship. Yeah, yeah. Could have done that, Jesus. Could have just touched the earth and. There was actually there, there actually was a really cool effect, and I don't know if it was intentional or if it was. Um, a TV budget it, 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 when he touches the because it's the, the sort of the touch screen the black yeah. touch screen it, when he touches it and he sends like a wave of energy through it mm-hmm. um, we see images on it as the wave passes by and it's like ship diagnostics and things like that and it's a super cool effect and I don't know if it was intentional or if it's just that's what they light up to look like and it was literally the only way for them to be able to do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it, if it essentially was a mistake that turned out to be a, to be something yeah, quite that's, interesting. Yeah, because that's probably I one assumes that's like a screen with a backlight with like a slide-in panel. Yeah, that they can it's chop be, and chin, chin. Yeah, it's that's got to be the only way they could have done it. Yeah, because it, um, they don't really reflect on people. Although that's why they had to put. Doesn't matter. Oh, also at the end of this, um, really good for just everybody on the crew having something to do. Because like they meet them and like Wolf's like Wolf's like scans them for the capabilities. They have a chat with them. Deanna's like, no, nope, they're definitely serious. They 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 they're scared and stuff. And there's a lot of bev through the like everybody kind of has something to do. Even yeah. Wolf gets to die. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this this episode uh, is one of the episodes in the genre uh, of Mark's catchphrase. Oh, Troy's in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is one of the episodes that definitely. Definitely, people who go, oh, what's the point of Troy? Could point at this one and go. I, I also going to say, I'm guessing this episode largely gets forgotten by Star Trek fans because of what episode is next. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I literally like for the first time in ages, I made a like concerted effort to go on Memory Alpha to get all the trivia for this episode, and there's fucking nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 clearly an episode. It's done to save the budget 
for uh, what for other episodes because there's very little in this like it's mostly people talking in rooms um and and that's fine because what what happens literally next week yeah after finishing this mapping survey picard is going to get a call <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, fucking, I can't wait till next week i can't wait i'm sorry uh, that you had to go through this episode to 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 get to the next episode yeah. James and Jay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah next next week next week's episode will probably be good <laughs> yeah I imagine pretty good yeah right. uh, there's, yeah yeah. sorry I mean, I, I, I mean we, we got the 55 minutes yeah I, I, well it might not be technically you, you might have to have cut out oh no that's all that's <laughs> four minutes when me and my wonderful life partner couldn't figure out how to get a smoke detector to shut the fuck up. Uh, no, I used that to, to plug the Patreon, so I'm just staying in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, bye. Bye. The Captain Slog is performed by Mark O'Neill and Eddie Edwards. You can follow both of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mark's at RealMarkO'Neill and Eddie is at EdEdwardsComedy. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and now on YouTube at Captain Slog. And we have a Facebook page as well. Or if you really like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Captain Slog.